Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond Study Abroad, the official Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. I'm Ainsley Herford, your host, and today we're going to be joined by Ida Addo, and she's going to talk about her summer study abroad experience in Brazil. So, Ida, would you like to share the classic Notre Dame intro with us? Yeah, I'm so glad to be here, and I'm glad to share my um, Brazil experience with you. My name is Ida Addo. Um, on campus, I reside in Howard Hall, but I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm an econ major with minors in public policy and real estate, and I think that's all for the Notre Dame intro, Ready? Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. So going into what really matters here on the Beyond Study Abroad podcast, tell me about studying abroad. Why did you choose the summer program in Brazil? Yeah, so when I was deciding if I wanted to go abroad or not, I I really chose, a, I didn't choose a semester one because I felt like it was going to be too long and I'd recently changed my major. So I wanted to make sure that I'll be able to take the classes that I have um, at Notre Dame. And I, I really love summer abroad because it's short enough where I could move on to the next thing during the summer. Mm-hmm. And Brazil specifically because of uh, the class that the professor was going to teach, it kind of really interests me because he was, um, he kind of described the class as going to talk about social justice, economics, and being able to be exposed to Brazilian culture is something that I looked forward to for a very, very long time. So being able to travel to Brazil over the summer was something that I really looked forward to. So I think that kind of solidified my decision to choose Brazil over other places or a semester abroad instead. Nice. Yeah, I think the semester abroad is definitely a long time and the summer program seemed like a perfect mix. If you're able to be there for a while, but not a super long time. Um, what does participating in the shorter summer programs look like? So did you think you got to do everything you wanted to do? Was there anything you wish you had more time for or less time? I think the summer, um, the shorter ones, I would say, well, I'll just first talk about like the setup of how it was. So how it worked is like when, when we got there, um, we lived in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and that was like the first city, but the Brazil program was kind of different from other programs, I would say, because we were split between two cities. So we went, we were in the cap, not the capital per se, but one of the bigger cities in Brazil, Sao Paulo, and that's for two weeks in the latter part of the program, we're in Rio de Janeiro. And so in the mornings we go to class and in the afternoons it kind of involves like more museums, talking to the people that, um, some of the topics that we talked about in class, talking to those people who actually live those experiences on nonprofits. And I would say I really, I got time to do all the things that I really wanted to do in a summer or shorter kind of version of the program. Um, we met one student who did a semester in Brazil and that might definitely look different because you go to school with Brazilians, but ours was just mm. kind of Notre Dame students. Um, we got to visit museums. We got to do nonprofits. Also, we, our professor, I would say, gave us a leeway to do a lot of independent stuff that we would like to do if we wanted to go to a market or if there's a festival going on that we were interested in. We used Eventbrite too a little bit just to see what's going on around <laughs> in the place. Nice. It's such a helpful tool. Um, and talking to some of the locals when we meet somebody and they're like, oh, I think you should kind of visit this place. It'll really help your experience here. So I, I did think that um, we were able to do all I was able to do all the things 
things that I wanted to do. Maybe a downside would be that since it's like a shorter program, once you kind of get used to the place um, where you feel like, oh, I kind of feel like a native, then you have to leave because it's like it's three weeks. Because, yeah, but rather like a semester one, maybe you can take like a month to kind of get used to and you have like three more months to kind of still be in the country. Right. But Brazil, like once we got used to, we could go to places by ourselves. Like, oh, time to go back to the U.S. So <laughs> I think that's something that like a caveat to it. That's cool, though. You mentioned um, kind of listening to what locals were saying. So what were your interactions with the local people and just people in the city when you were there? Yeah, so while we were there, we had our professor and um, I think Notre Dame partners with an organization over there. So we're given two coordinators and they're actually native Brazilians because our professor, he's Brazilian, but he lives in the U.S. So you're not as I would say like in tune because like if most of the year you're in the U.S. and you just go back for over the summer, it's not as the same as somebody who lived there. So their right. experiences were really valuable and they could tell us, oh, like don't go to this place. Like you should consider here. And I think those kind of experiences were really nice to hear from them as well as they took us to our their own neighborhoods so for us to witness um their, the lifestyle of a regular Brazilian. Because like in Brazil, where we lived was, I would say, more of a wealthier Mm -hmm. um neighborhood and so the way brazil or the city sao paulo is set up is the wealthier people kind of live in the city and the non-wealthier or low-income people live in what they call like periphery unlike the u.s where it's like urban cities are more like lower income and the surroundings would be probably suburban and more mm -hmm. wealthier it's kind of like flipped on this on his head in brazil so when we got there at one i remember really vividly one night they took us to this place called perus and we got to see the locals um or those who live in the periphery um, and they call it slums, like favelas. And what they, they do that like every week or so, they have this spoken word where they talk about inequalities going on and um, things that have been on their mind and the community kind of comes together and like they have, they share drinks and food and they had a, um, a launch of this, uh, kishasas are like, I would say wild pigs and it's a representative of uh, the community. And so they had, they had, uh, commissioned a few artists to kind of represent the cachadas in different ways so one cachada kind of represented like agricultural workers some uh, others represent like uh, women empowerment and things like that so we got to interact with the locals and that one was really important to me because i really love spoken word but uh, since i was speaking portuguese i couldn't understand <laughs> most of them there are other people to explain to us but i think that was kind of um, a little hard to understand so that's one thing I would say like if you're going to a country um, luckily enough the Brazil program you don't have to like take one a class I know some of the classes um, some of the programs you have to have taken like a French class or like a German mm -hmm. class before you could go the Brazilian one is not like that like I've never taken Portuguese I don't know why I didn't research so I think it's really important that before you go to a country kind of really understand like the basics of the language like how to say thank you like where am I going I'm trying to find this I think it's really important I didn't do that and it was such a struggle to be there <laughs> uh, when you don't know how to order something our professor did give us like a survival kit but I think I should have used Duolingo there um, I mean mm. before I went so yeah oh yeah I'm gonna totally have to take note of that I'm going to Rome in the spring and I've not taken Italian so even though I'm gonna ride my wave of hopefully people will know English, I definitely yeah yeah it was learning really, some yeah it's we sometimes we the people who spoke English we could find some Americans who are like we can see these girls are struggling so let's help them out <laughs> and they helped us out but I think I definitely if I'm to redo it again I'll definitely take like at least three weeks before the program starts to kind of go just quick like 
Google Duolingo type of things to know before you go um, in terms of the language would be really helpful. Yeah, thank you. I know that can be a weird thing with the programs that don't have the language requirement because you're like, yeah. nice, I can just smooth right in. Right, so, right. Right in. And it's like, oh, maybe not. Um, kind of, you mentioned working with some nonprofits earlier. So you said normally in the morning you had class and then in the afternoon, some more free time. So did you guys do a lot of, you like visit one nonprofit or did you do more continued work or mostly museums? Like what was the afternoon normally full of? Yeah. So the afternoons, um, so let's say in the morning, if we talked about, um, Amazonian humanitarian crisis in the Amazon, we go visit a nonprofit that's kind of tackling that issues. One time we talked about um, refugees in Brazil. Uh, I wouldn't say they're having a refugee crisis, but there's definitely a higher influx of refugees into Brazil um, from Venezuela and other countries who are experiencing like economic and political crises. Um, So a lot of that's also increased homelessness in Sao Paulo, especially. So we kind of talked about that in the morning and in the afternoon, we went to visit a refugee kind of an organization that helps refugees get accustomed to Brazilian culture. So something that I do is help them get transportation, help them get um, a place to live, as well as work to to enable them to sustain themselves as long as well as with their families. And something that they do is teach them uh, how to speak Portuguese, as I said, because it kind of increases their chances of getting a job, getting a place to live and helping them uh, get accustomed to um, the Brazilian culture. So what we did is we kind of ran through some of the programs. So they do um, like modules with the refugees that come in and help them like with their paperwork. Um, they take classes. So if you're coming from, and also it's usually not just people from Spanish speaking countries. There are people from Nigeria. There are people from um, Cape Verde who might be speaking other languages like French. So they have other refugees who have been through that program. Um, we spoke to this man who came from Cameroon and he spoke French and was able to learn the Portuguese language. So he kind of helps with people who come are who are French speaking refugees and teaches them Portuguese. So we were doing some of those things and seeing how they work hand in hand and what ways that we could like, I know um, South Bend is having a lot of, they're receiving Afghan um, refugees. And one of my classes, uh, human design thinking this semester, we're kind of doing that. So kind of channeling all the things I learned from them, as well as um, kind of design thinking for the Afghan refugees that we will be uh, kind of helping in South Bend. So those kind of interactions have been really um, helpful. That's cool. And you said that's for a class you're taking this semester. Yeah, a class I'm taking this semester. So it's like all that I learned in Brazil, I could kind of connect it. Um, There's so many things like that. I think um, some of the classes I took last semester before I went to Brazil kind of also tied in so many uh, things that we were able to do. We visited the football museum. So talked about like women's um, place or position in football and how we could definitely elevate women to be more active in sports because um, with the culture in Brazil, we could definitely say that in some parts, like women are given the lower seat or women are pushed to the back burners in so many ways that you could even see that they have a high rate of femicides where women are being killed just because they were women. And um, it was really important that professor, like he really emphasized us to kind of look into those issues um, and we had a paper at the end of the program, so you could choose a topic to talk about. And so we were able, like, we're exposed to so many things. And um, some of the nonprofits talked about they're helping the the mom with their kids, helping the kids, but then the moms also need help. So then kind of 
them brainstorming ways to um, increase their capacity as an organization to cater for the children as well as the moms because some of them do not want to receive government assistance because of the political climate in um, Brazil. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're trying to do everything on their own or from the generosity of the public. So, yeah. Wow. So what did you write your paper about? Yeah, so my paper was about the humanitarian crisis in the Amazon. Um, okay. that, that for particularly for me was important because it's a humanitarian crisis, just not because the environment is being ruined, but there are people who depend, and for thousands of years, that is where they live. And mm -hmm. I think that their culture is being erased because their habitat or where they're like, they really, for the indigenous people that live in the Amazon, really have a deep connection with the environment, with nature, with the land. So once you take away the land, once you're taking away the trees, you're taking away the people and their culture, and what essentially defines them as people so it's just like basically erasing a whole like um ethnic group or a whole group of people and mm -hmm. that for me was really important because it's due to a gold rush um in the amazon and so like for an economic student where we could talk about finance and we could say, oh the gold is like a something like a standard to hold against inflation but on the other side we don't get to know about how using gold and the gold rush that is all over the U.S. and also as well as um, European countries affecting people in the Amazon that we might not even necessarily like know about. So I think that for me, that was one reason why I wrote my paper on that. Yeah, that definitely sounds eye opening, especially as you said, with your, you know, previous studies in economics, that was probably yeah. very interesting to see how that overlapped. Um, yeah. Kind of you mentioned this earlier with um, the Afghan immigrants in South Bend, but can you com compare, contrast um, some of the social equity, justice and inclusion efforts that you saw in Brazil versus here or even at home, um, like in Cincinnati? Um, like what have you witnessed in all of those locations in your time there? Yeah, I would say something that really drew my attention in Brazil is how active arts really play in their activism so uh you could see that they try like i feel like everything might be political you would say because it's advocating for something advocating for social awareness for so many different things where um on the billboards on they have a lot of graffiti on their buildings where us in the u.s i think it might be a little illegal to do so but mm -hmm. there's always a sign that says um women of the future or different more um, poignant uh, like messages that talk about the things, inequalities that people are facing. When we went to the favelas, um, the arts that people are involved in. So the uh, Brazilians have this dance, it's a martial arts kind of dance called capoeira. And they use that to teach the kids um, to kind of get them off the streets uh, against like gang violence. So they will not be preoccupied with that. And they could definitely like kind of level up in martial arts, get their different rankings and for them to take interest in that. I would say we went to um, this organization called Navicapão. And what they do is help the kids sing songs to us. Um, kind of this lady in her own house just kind of received a, a couple of, kids in the neighborhood who do not have us uh, or their parents cannot afford to take them to school and she does mm -hmm. kind of supplement that education with them and teaches them how to uh, dance how to play drums um, also 
just kind of infusion of the indigenous culture, kind of re-bringing that back into the Brazilian culture for them to be aware, like, we need to take care of our lands, we need to take care of our nature, um, because that is what has sustained our people up until now. So I'll say definitely arts is really big. And I think that that's one way that in the U.S. we could definitely implement where because you see it every day, like the arts is advocating for something. So if we could mm -hmm. always see it every day where we could advocate for something, um, and even if it's like in the smallest way, I think will make a really big difference. And they they gave us this word, oh, one, one of them just said this word that was really important. It says like civilologia. Hopefully I'm seeing that right, but it basically translate, loosely translates to like with or without help, we're going to make it happen. And I think that's really important like to have. If we're not going to wait on the government. We're not going to wait for some people from outside to do the work. It, once it's affecting our community, we're going to take steps to do it. And you can see that in the low-income um, favelas where they're not waiting for outside sources to take action to support themselves and improve their communities. They're doing it themselves two or three people with the little resources they're going to fight to do. And I think that's something important that I think we can implement in South Bend and kind of um, with the clubs that I'm involved in with Shades of Ebony, I'm trying to do that kind of bridge the Nordame, um community as well as with the South Bend and find ways that we could foster that community and the resources that Nordame has and as well as the resilience and the empowerment uh, kind of programs that, that already exist in the in South Bend and Cincinnati to come together and build something more bigger than ourselves individually. Yeah, that also sounds very empowering for those communities to be able to take some of that. Um, obviously, a very sad situation to be in, but right. also beautiful how people are reacting to it. Um, yeah, so that, thank you very much, because I know you wrote your whole paper on um, social justice, so it's obviously very core to your experience, and I know that's one of the main goals of the Brazil Summer Program as well, is to really um, open your eyes to that, and it seems like... Seems yeah, like they, really, they really did a good job. I think one thing I tell my professors, I was glad that I was not a tourist in Brazil. I, I felt mm -hmm. like I was part of the people, um, part of the different things, how they live their lives. And we got to see it. We're not just like, oh, just like jolly, dolly, like just uh, <laughs> just kind of living in like in a high rise four star. We're not doing that. I think we're getting into the details and issues that really affected the people. And the reason why we were there. So I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah, that sounds super awesome. So do you think that's a different experience than a lot of people have when they're studying abroad? Do, you, do I think if it's a different experience? Yes. Um, I think that, I think Nordim, honestly, as a institution really emphasizes um, all these things when we go abroad. I, I have not been on another program, but this one that I've been on, I think there's a deep emphasis on that. Maybe I would say it might be different from a semester abroad because I think semester abroad is actually like academic. Like you can't, you may not have as much chances to do all the things that we kind of did kind of going to organizations like every week to do so because you have classes and that's like kind of a different focus slightly. But I think the summer program, if you're willing to do that like has a high focus on things like that where you're kind of involved in the community instead of maybe like a semester where you have classes and other things tugging on your time yeah that is a really special aspect of the summer programs which is probably really cool right. um and then kind of going on a similar vein but slightly different how were your personal identity and identities how did those impact your time in brazil and how was it being an American and like black female and how was all that in Brazil? 
I would say it was it was really interesting because um looking when we I didn't know much about Brazil so I came in with a clean slate like ready to learn everything and our something that as we were learning um Brazil has a lot of like connection or history with uh, enslavement of African people and it was really striking to see how similar but also different it is from the U.S. Um, in terms of immigration and police brutality, it was really hard watching some of the films that we were watching, um, City of God, Elite Squad, and you could see the kind of um, prejudice and discrimination that exists in the society in Brazil. There's a lot of colorism in Brazil, um, depending on how dark your skin is. And I, I'm also like a darker skinned black woman. So it was it, it was hard to see how um, people just interacted with. I didn't have like a really noticeable like experience where I could say, oh, somebody was being like this way to me because of my skin color. But watching and seeing how certain people because of their skin color had certain kind of housing. Um, you could see that all the people that are most of the people that lived in the favelas, which are like slums, are um, people of color, darker skin, black people. And about 50% or more than 50% of Brazilians identify as black. So it's just kind of like interesting to see the demographics as well mm -hmm. as how that even plays into it. Where um, I think we met this one black professor and she was saying that um, it's hard in their schools because they're they're now coming to terms with kind of providing structures that support black people and indigenous people in their schools but in brazil a lot of people could self-identify as black and so then you run into the problem where now before people did not want to associate with black but then now because there's other resources to support black people and then everybody like anybody could mm. self-describe as black so then the actual people the people who they're seeking to serve and give scholarships to are not receiving the scholarships that they're um kind of like um bringing forth to support those communities so it's it was really hard to see and disheartening to see that and i took a class here at Notre Dame called african-american resistance and really in the u.s they frowned on miscegenation which is like the mixing of um interracial couples and things like that but in brazil right on the other hand they purposely did that to they call it whitening whitening the population so then you could get rid of the afro indigenous like phenotypes and culture and more whiten the population so it just kind of sees on the like you can see how immigration kind of ties into that and race and how class and race really goes together in Brazil. So it was really, it was hard in, in certain times where it's like, wow, like your your identity in the U.S. Um, is a certain way, but also in Brazil, it doesn't necessarily really change. Um, though like the historical composition of the country is kind of similarly different. And so as a woman, like in the U.S., I would say there's like, there might be discrimination here and there, but not as much femicide, but it was striking to see that in Brazil, like mm -hmm. you're not as safe. You're not really safe if you're a woman, just because you're a woman, um, there's increased high. I forgot the actual percentage of it, but there's a lot of women who go missing um, just because they're women. So it was, I think my identity really kind of opened my eyes to see things in that way, but on a happier, like a more slight, like lighter, lighter <laughs> note, uh, um, there, like my family has a background in Ghana. I lived in Ghana for a while, um, West Africa. And you could see that the West African culture is really deep in Brazil. You could see like we went to museums and I could see the cloth that um, indigenous West Africans use. And it was there. And I was like so proud to see that um, kind of heritage kind of supported or represented in Brazil because 
they practice some of the indigenous like um, religions that come from Nigeria mm -hmm. a lot. So that was really nice um, to see that part of my heritage kind of represented and being able to partake in that a little bit. We went to this because um, there are a lot of like small pockets of immigrants in Brazil um, who kind of form like uh, predominantly like or prominently some of the uh, cultural aspects of Brazil, like the Italians, the Japanese. I went to this place, like this this plaza of just like African people over there and the kind of foods and all those things kind of reminded me of home or things my mom will cook. And in Brazil, there's this place where there's like, they're kind of predominantly black people. It's called Bahia. We were unable to visit that part of Brazil, but there's this street vendor and she had some of the food and I tasted it. And I was like, oh, this is similar to what um, I used to eat in Ghana. So you could definitely see like those roots of the African heritage back into Brazil. So I think it, it enabled me to see things like really differently, but also really mm -hmm. nicely because it kind of, I could recognize it, but you could also see like, um, the down the downside or the bad side of it but also as well as the happy like more inclusive part of the culture yeah absolutely and how do you feel different after your experience abroad what are some of the big changes you've seen in yourself oh that I I feel like I've seen quite a bit of changes um in Brazil they're not hyper focused I feel like the U.S. has a culture of hyper productivity and hyper independence but when you go to Brazil on the weekends, the stores are closed. Like people are not always trying to work 24 seven. They, they kind of emphasize rest and relaxation. And I think that's something that I'm trying to slowly kind of get away of the, away from the US like hyper productivity. If you're sitting down, it means you're not being productive. Like all those kind of like ingrained in our kind of beliefs. Yeah. Um, I think that's one way that I've changed. I think they really emphasize community. So being able to emphasize community at minority and minority and trying to make sure people are um inclusive myself we we took a tour to the japanese museum and our tour guide she's an anthropologist and she was saying like we should consider how history is told and who tells that history how history is mm. curated and whose story we're leaving out whose story whose voice are we forgetting i think that's something that i always now have at the back of my mind like if i'm in a meeting whose voice is not being heard making sure that um i if I'm a leader in a project, I prioritize people or make sure that everybody has a voice in that meeting or everybody has a voice in that project and making sure that I'm being inclusive as much as possible and making sure that everybody feels represented and being uh, feeling like you belong. Because I feel like when you belong, when you feel like you belong, you feel like you have a stake in whatever is going on. You put your best foot forward. And so that's way, one way that I feel like I've changed and I look at things slightly differently to be able to just because all of us come from somewhere, all of us just have unique things to offer and bring. And I think that Brazil has really opened my mind to that and also tapping into my own creativity. I love spoken word, but in, yeah. in on campus, I just don't do it as much. And I think for me, that's a, a something I can really tap into because in art, you can show your voice, you can demonstrate what advocate for yourself and your communities and the things that are bothering um, the community or things that you want to make sure it's our hurt. So that's some some ways that I think I've changed or like some things I'm trying to integrate into my lifestyle here. Awesome. Awesome. So you're going to be at show some skin. every Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Every I think day. I did it my freshman year. Hopefully I do it again. <laughs> that's so fun. Um, and then last question, we like to finish with this one. If you had one piece of advice for people studying abroad, what would it be? I would say. Oh, be open-minded 
And I think sometimes you may have preconceived notions about a country, about certain people, but once you're going abroad, I feel like you have to throw all of those things out the door and go with a clean slate. So it doesn't prohibit you from really accepting the people and culture for what it is. And I think also giving yourself grace because we have American culture. There might things that you're like off the bat, you might not be used to or unfamiliar with. It's still worth taking the try off. I tried some um, Amazonian food. I'm like, I'm not even used to Amazonian food. And that food has, I forget the actual leaf, but it has like originally has cyanide in it and mercury, but what they, the indigenous people eat it because they've cooked it for seven days and kind of take it out as part of their mm. culture. But you shouldn't be close-minded to things like that. It might be unfamiliar. There's some fruits that I've never had before. There's kind of more Amazonian uh, indigenous fruits. Just be open-minded and give yourself grace to be like fully um, indulged in the culture. And I think that way yeah. you can learn a lot about it. Yeah, that sounds so special and so core to your experience too with the the ability you had and the eyes that were so open to seeing all that Brazil and the asp- the parts of Brazil you were in, like what they had to offer and all of the different people. So yeah, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. This is really insightful. I hope people um get the opportunity to go abroad. If you're iffy on it, I say go do it. Like I think this is the best time to do it because you get to go with other people from Notre Dame and you get to share that experience. And I think my favorite part of it was like getting going back home or like when we have the day's activity and go to the hotel and kind of debrief. Oh, what did you think of today? How did you see things differently? The way I saw things differently was different from how my other friends saw. It, and I kind of mm. learning from what they took in was really important. So I would say if you're if you're on it, definitely go. You have Notre Dame people and resources definitely to support you. Awesome. All right. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Study Abroad, the official Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. Check back in two weeks for our next episode. And until then, be sure to follow our social media accounts, especially on Instagram at ND International.